something the Holy Spirit wants. Just to break free, break free for you guys. Um, so I'm gonna. Karen Prickett said something about 18, about a month and a half ago. She said, Scripture is a passage. Scripture is not a passage. Scripture is a person. I'm still ready to lose it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was. That was so huge when you said that. And, and um, there's something of God's heart that wants us to take hold of the word where it becomes, where he becomes so alive mm -hmm. to us that we're not learning a book to learn a book. That we're taking a hold of scripture and finding out who Jesus is and then finding out how crazy awesome God is. Um, so that. That's the goal of this. Um, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God was the Word. This one was in beginning with God. All things through Him came to be, and apart from Him came to be not even one thing which has come to be. In Him, the word Him there is Logos, okay? Yes, it's pointing to Jesus. But what you've got to see is the hymn there, in the, in the Greek, it, the word logos or word technically is masculine. That's why it says hymn, okay? In him life was, and the life was the light of men, and the light in the darkness shines. And the darkness, it does not take down. That word take down, believe it or not, is a football term. Come here. <laughs> It's the word katalambano, and it literally means, it's like a tackle, it literally, don't move, don't move, okay. It literally means the darkness does not take it down. It literally means, okay, lambano is to take, and kata is down. It literally is the darkness did not take it down. It's impossible, okay. So, um, this is what's amazing. Verse 14 goes on to say, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, or tabernacled among us. Mm -hmm. And the Greek literally says, And we gazed at the glory of Him. The glory is of an only begotten from Father, full of grace and of truth. Yes. Okay? The reason I had you bring these amazing Legos is because the word Legos and Logos are one and the same. Okay, if you have a whole bunch of words, okay, even though it's one wall, it's a bunch of Legos put together. But logos can mean one word, but it technically is that which has been laid out, okay? Um, the word discourse has a bunch of words in it, but it's a singular word. That's mm -hmm. what Logos is, okay? So the Logos of God, um, it is a word, but it's a discourse. And what you see um, in there, it says um, in John 1, it says, it talks about the word coming to his own and his own did not receive him. Okay, I need you to stand up it says, when the, when the word of God came to his people, it, and you see this through the Old Testament, okay? 
It says they did not take him. It means they did not take the word and take him alongside. Okay? But as many as received him, that received there is not this. It's not, it's not him handing me something and I'm like this. Okay? The word received still means to take. Okay? Wow. So what, what's cool about that is that when, when we see the word of God, thank you. When we see the word of God and we gaze at the word of God that becomes flesh, we literally get to gaze at him. And what we see is the word of God full of grace and of truth. Okay? So I'm going to go back to the Old Testament and we're going to set up a veil. <laughs> um, in Genesis chapter 3, When, um, Josh, yes. would you read Genesis 3? Um, One through ten. Yes. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden of the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So what's interesting is when, when they go hiding, it says they heard the sound of the Lord in the garden. But what you just read at the end is he said, I heard your voice. Okay, it is voice. It's the word kol in Hebrew. What's the word? Kol. Okay. So the, the way it looks like in Hebrew. Um, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just write it like this. Or you could go kol. Okay. It, it, it does mean sound, but it does mean voice. Okay. Um, when the Lord talks to the man, he said, because you listen to your wife's voice, it's the word call. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, um, what's, what's interesting is that Adam and his wife have just disesteemed the word of the Lord mm -hmm. because the Lord had said to them, don't eat from the tree of life. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. You can eat from any tree. Every single tree was available to them, but not that one. And what, um, what's going on there is that th th there's a split second where Adam's wife has eaten and, she ha and he hasn't. Mm -hmm. And 
for some reason, he disesteems the word of the Lord. He disesteems God's word, God's voice. So when God comes walking in the garden, um, when he hears the sound of the Lord, what, what's interesting, <coughs> that verse is John th- is, is um, Genesis 3.8. If you go to John 3.8, which is like a matching verse, Jesus said, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. It's a map. Adam was supposed to be the one who was walking by the spirit and not by the flesh. So he's supposed to be that John 3, 8 guy, but he has now submitted to the flesh. And so now he hears the voice or the sound of the Lord, and suddenly there's a veil, okay? Um, you can take that There's such... What there's... What is, what's being set up here, if you can stand right there, what's right. being set up is a veil between mankind and God, okay? And what the veil is is flesh. The, the, the reason why we know it's flesh is because in the book of Hebrews, when it talks about drawing near, it says we draw near to God through the veil that is his flesh. Okay, so I'm going to explain that whole difference in there. Um, but I, I want to keep going on the whole issue of um, disesteeming the voice. When it, when it says that they heard the voice of, of the Lord walking in, in the garden, um, The man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence, literally from the face of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Um, When carnality sets in, God wasn't coming in the garden doing this. He was coming in the garden to have fellowship. Mm -hmm. And they're they're basically disesteeming. They've basically set up a veil of their own flesh, because now they're finger-pointing one another. That's in Adam, okay? It's her. And it's like God didn't come in the garden to do that. But when their eyes were open, their eyes were open to their own flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that causes this separation between God and man. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Okay, so they traded walking in the spirit to walking in the flesh. Um, I want to go to uh, John chapter 7. Uh, pardon me, Luke chapter 7. I want to show you what the disesteem is. Verse, Angela, would you read that? Verse 29 and 30. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, 
having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. So when John the Baptist came on the scene, it says the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness. And the Pharisees and the Pharisees and the lawyers, when it says that they rejected um, God's counsel or God's purposes for themselves, not having been baptized, that word rejected is atheism. It literally means to set aside as though it's not valuable. And that's what Adam did. He disesteemed the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when that, you just kind of go fully on the word of the Lord, and it doesn't become a serious thing to you. The, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm still walking through nerves here, you guys. When the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purposes for themselves. That it literally means to unplace or disregard as spurious. Um, they remove out of an appointed place. They reject as invalid. They refuse to respect. That's what's going on with Adam and his wife. Um, okay. In uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I want to show you something, another word about disesteeming the word of the Lord. If you can go to Genesis 12, 3. says I will bless the one who blesses you and the one who curses you I will curse those words curse are two different words in the Hebrew the the first one the one who curses you is kalal and it literally means to take lightly it's like whoever takes you lightly I'm gonna curse Hmm. and that that's the whole thing of of disesteeming the word of the Lord it's just taking um, (coughs) taking that lightly um, Adam lightly esteemed the weightiness of the Lord's voice, and so, and, um, so he hid himself from the Lord's presence. This is what the veil is. The veil is literally hiding from life because of condemnation. Um, so in, when God starts to set up the tabernacle, this is what I'm getting to... Um, There's one on the entry table. A red. You're talking for a marker. Yeah, I know. It was, it's under the. It, it's on the ottoman underneath the. the sheet? Uh, on the. Ottoman where the communion. Where the communion are. is. Oh, right in front of you. It's just underneath that. You said. Oh right. yes. Okay. So. Um, I'm sorry. I'm still walking through nerves, you guys. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, okay. This is good. Um, awesome. When when the tabernacle gets set up um, um, when, the, when the tabernacle gets set up in here 
what you've got is you've got um, the Ark of the Covenant. You have a lampstand here. You have a table of showbread here. You have the altar of incense, okay? Moses is building this according to the pattern which was shown him on the mountain. So what I want to explain to you guys is the tabernacle, um, the lampstand, just because of God's heart for to get his word to us. Um, In Exodus chapter 25, um, when Moses is on the mountain, do you remember when Moses went up the mountain? Do you know why he went up the mountain? Why he was there for 40 days? Meet with the Lord? Yes. Because of receiving the word? What was he receiving from the Lord? He received the books of the Bible and but in, in the 40 days, in the first 40 days when he goes up the mountain, the people are down the mountain and they're building a golden calf. Tabernacle. Yes. He's getting the instructions for the tabernacle. He's not getting the instructions for the law. Okay? If, if you read right before he goes up, the Lord said, I'm going to give you the, the, um, the law on the stones which I've already written. The Lord had already written it, but he's not going up the mountain to get the law innately. He's going to bring the law back down. Mm -hmm. What he's doing is he's going up the mountain to get the pattern of the tabernacle. <laughs> God's after something in all of this, okay? And so what you get in Exodus chapter 25, this is, this whole chapter is, is really quite amazing. Um... David, yes. would you please read Exodus 25, verse 31 to 37. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be made of hammered work. Its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers shall be of one piece with it. And there shall be six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand, and on the lampstand itself there shall be four cups made like almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers, and a calyx of one piece uh, with one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out from the lampstand. Their calyxes and their branches shall be of one piece with it, the whole of it a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and the lamp shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. So what you've got, there's a reason that God um, has Moses to make these of almonds specifically. This is going to sound crazy to you guys, but I, I hope you get it. So this is actually technically like a tree, mm -hmm. okay, when they made it. Mm -hmm. So there, there are three um, basically almond flowers, almond blossoms on each single branch, and then there are four here where they all join in the one on top, okay? I want you to count the ones just in the, in the branches. 
Yeah, there's 18, and how many in here? Two plus four, 22. Yeah, so there's four. So technically it's 22. That's how many letters there are in the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, God's getting to something with this. On day four in creation, what did God make? Sun. And, yeah. and the moon. Yeah, technically he called them lights. Okay. Mm. So th this goes back to John 1. In, in Hebrew, this actually looks like this. It's the word for life. Every Jewish person knows that the number 18 means life. Mm. In him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay? So, what, what you end up having, when, when you have all of these almonds in here, God's after showing us something. When oil gets put on to here, and the wick gets on, God's doing something. The, the Hebrews understood that this was a 22 issue, that God was watching over his word to perform it. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Audrey, would you read please uh, verse 11 and 12? The word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So, I know this is backwards, you guys, but um, this is technically... Okay, and the word shaked. They're, they're one in the same in Hebrew. The Lord said, What do you see? He said, I see the branch of a shaked. And the Lord said, That's right, I'm shaked over my word to perform it. it, it in Hebrew, they don't write their, their um, vowels, they just write the, the letters. Okay. So it's actually technically one and the same. In, in Exodus chapter 25, when it says you're to make, um, you're to make these to look like an almond branch, it's the exact same word um, from which I'm watching over my word to perform it. God's watching over his word very specifically to do his word, okay? Um, I want you to go back to David, please, to Exodus chapter 25. Um, so when he makes, um, when he makes um, the Ark of the Covenant, um, so the word Ark is Ha'aron, the Ark. It literally just means a box. Or container. It's the same word as coffin. When they brought Joseph's body out and put it in a coffin, it, it's it's ha'aron in Hebrew. There's a reason I'm saying that. Um, what I want you to read, David, please, is um, verse 17 through 22. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, 
Two cubits and a half shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Of hammered work shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end, and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces, one to another, toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. So, um, I'm sorry. That 22. All the way to 22. 22. I'm sorry. And you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. Okay, so the, the whole reason for the mercy seat, okay, is because that's the place where the Lord's going to communicate with the people. Is, is, that's where he's going to talk, okay? In, in the Old Testament, this is just called the covering. So what you've got here, you guys, is you've got the two cherubim looking down at the mercy seat here, okay? This is a likeness of what's in heaven, okay? So on the likeness, every year they're seeing blood on the mercy seat. Yes. But in heaven they're not, okay? Until Jesus raises from the dead in heaven, the two cherubim that are looking down on the mercy, all in heaven until Jesus is up there, all this is, is a judgment seat. That's why nobody enters in. It's judgment, period. There's no blood up in heaven. Does that make sense mm -hmm. to you? Wow. Okay. <clears throat> but the Lord's heart is to get everybody here because he wants to talk with us from the mercy seat. Okay? Go to, Malene, please, number 789, if you will read it. Last person in that chapter. Okay. And when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and he spoke to Moses. Okay. God's heart is to get everybody in there. Okay. There's a problem, though. Um, in order to get to... We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, this is our Ark of the Covenant, okay? This is the mercy seat. You guys can kind of picture that, okay? In, on, on the earth below, you're gonna have the blood of bulls and goats. In, in Luke chapter 16, you have um, Yom Kippur being explained. And so what the priest does in, on that day is he offers up a bull for the sins of the priests. He brings the blood of the bull here. So what he's going to do, this veil is not black in the tabernacle, okay? This is, this, everything about, I love the tabernacle, everything about the tabernacle has to do with Jesus and his flesh, okay? Concerning us, there's a veil between us. Okay, before before Jesus. Okay, but in the tabernacle it's not. So the priest has to go through the veil 
in order to offer up the blood of bulls here. He go on the same day. I didn't know this till I, I thought he only entered one time. He enters one day per year, but he actually enters twice that day. So he goes that day. He enters um, with the blood of the bulls for the sins of the priesthood. He goes in. He comes back out and he sacrifices a goat for the sins of the people. And he brings the goat back in. He brings the blood of the goat and he goes back in through the veil and he offers up blood there. But in heaven, nobody can enter. Nobody can get into heaven because the, the real cherubim, they're not seeing blood here yet. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's why nobody can look at the face of the Lord because all this is is a judgment seat. Mm -hmm. Okay? Wow. So, you can leave that right there. So, this is going to get real fascinating to you guys. Um, you're you're going to love this. So, when the priest... Mm -hmm. When he sacrifices the bull and he sacrifices the goat, he actually has to take a basin of their blood. And what he does when he goes in, he actually has to sprinkle seven times in front. Okay? And then he sprinkles seven times here. Does this make sense mm -hmm. to you? Okay. This is a standing place, by the way. This is very, very significant. Um, please go to Zechariah chapter 3. Um, yes, if you will read um, one through five. Okay. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you. I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. So what you have... Um, come here, priest. <clears throat> so what you have is this priest wearing filthy garments, okay? And Satan is standing at his right hand to accuse him. Before the blood is on the mercy seat up top, Satan actually had a place in heaven, okay? Before the judgment seat, he has a place to accuse, okay? There's not blood here. What you guys need to see under the old covenant Satan hates the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But there's no blood in heaven. So he has a right to accuse because he's accusing according to the law. Mm. Does that make sense yeah. to you? Okay. If you're under condemnation, you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to draw near here. Because the one thing that flesh and people want to avoid is the whole issue of condemnation and guilt. 
here's the thing. You can correct me afterwards if I'm wrong on this, okay? It, to me, it, this has hit me earlier today, it's not insignificant that this man's, this pre, there is a Joshua high priest at this time, at that time. But it's not insignificant that his name is Joshua. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yehoshua. Yeah. Okay? Because Jesus is Yeshua. <clears throat> it's a shortened form of Yehoshua. He's the one that's going to bear the iniquity of everybody. And it's his goal to get us here. Okay? Is this making sense to you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, we're not covering everything, but we're getting there. So, I, um, let's, let's go to the cross. The gospel of... Um, let's go to Matthew. Uh, chapter 27, please. Wendy. Um, I want you to read, you know what? Uh, I want you to read verse 45. But hold on. I want you to also jump over to Mark's Gospel. Chapter 14. Verse 40, verse 33. If you'll read both of them, please. In order? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, 27.45? Yeah. Okay. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Okay. And That's go it? To, go to the next one. And what was it again? Um, 14, uh, Mark 14.33. Okay, you need to say Okay, he took Peter, James, and John with him. Oh, I must have told you the wrong. No, are you sure? It's 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 the identical verse to, to what you just read in Matthew. Um, fourteen thirty-three. Is it fifteen thirty-three? Or fifteen thirty-three? Oh, maybe it's fifteen. Let me jump ahead. Yep, it is. Okay. At noon, darkness fell across while the <coughs> <laughs> over the whole land until 3 o'clock. It's the exact same thing. Okay, so we know what's going to happen when Jesus is going to breathe his last breath. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't realize is that the, this veil in the temple and this over top are one and the same. Okay? What's, when Jesus is on the cross and this he's on the cross for three hours. This is me. You can take this or leave it, Okay. His first three hours, there's not darkness in the land. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, He made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. So the first three hours, this is just me. He's, he's taking on the sins past, present, and future. Okay? The second three hours, what manifests in the natural is what is been there since Adam in the garden. God has to show everybody. Okay? Josh, I need you, please. So, David, go that way. Josh, go that way. Angela, would you come here? So, the last three hours 
this all the way up, Josh. The last three hours, what manifests is the veil that has been there. Okay? So what's going to tear in the heavens is going to tear for the priesthood. But God's going to show everybody. Does this make sense? I'm going to show you that it's there. Everybody turn to Isaiah 25. Verse 7. And verse 8. Bethany, would you read that, please? And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. Okay. So that's the prophetic word that what's going to happen at Jesus' last breath is going to come to pass. So go back to Matthew's gospel again, chapter 27. Okay, so we're going to go back to verse 45. Now, the sixth hour of darkness, from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon the, all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who were standing there, when they heard it, saying, this man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them ran, and taking a sponge, he filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed, and gave him a drink. But the rest of them said, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. I'm going to stop right there. Wendy, go to uh, John twenty thirty. I hope you guys don't find that I'm running you all over the Bible. Yeah. 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 Okay, then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Go 1930. Go 1930. Okay, 1930. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So when he took the sour wine, you guys, he cries out one Greek word. Tetelestai! which means it's paid in full. He's been receiving judgment for three hours. He took on sin for three hours. Now he's taking the judgment and it's manifest to the whole world. When Jesus is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is not dying as God. He is the son of God, but he's dying as a man. Okay? Romans 8.3 said the law... Um, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of flesh of sin and concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Okay? So Jesus is that Joshua high priest who's taking on the sin of the world 
and being judged by it. Okay, he's receiving judgment. There's a reason he's receiving judgment. Because the very next verse, when he bows his head and he says, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. What's the next thing that happens? And the veil's ripped. And the veil's ripped. The veil's ripped. Yeah, so... so Listen to me, you guys. <laughs> Josh, Josh, you watch me. Okay, take the other corner. Okay. Wait, say your question again. Okay. Focus back. Angela, come here, please. <laughs> Holly... No, Wendy, you come here. Holly's okay. recording here. I know, she's busy. Take that, take that corner. There was darkness over the land from the, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. That means at the ninth hour, what ends up happening is the same thing that happens in the temple. People aren't usually, I've never heard anybody put these two together, but they're exactly together. The moment the veil in the temple rips, the cover that was over the nations is destroyed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? There's a reason, the reason, you guys, that this had to be ripped entirely. Do you remember when he made the mercy seat? What did he say that he would talk to him about on the mercy seat? Basically, what, what he's saying is, I want conversation with you right here. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when Jesus... we got to go to Hebrews chapter 9. I've, I've got to show you this. And, and I'm going to give credit to Joseph Prince mm. for teaching this because I never knew this before. And it really came alive this week. Where um, give me a second here. Okay, um, Holly, would you be able to read, Holly? Are you able to or not? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, um... Hebrews 9, what? Um, go to, go verse 18, hang on a second, <coughs> to 23. Okay, okay. That is, that is why the blood, that is why the blood was required under the first covenant, as proof of death. For after Moses had given the people all of God's laws, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's laws and all the people using branches of hyssop bushes and scarlet wool. Then he said, This blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled the blood on the sacred tent and everything used for worship. In fact, we can say that according to the law of Moses... Nearly everything was purified by sprinkling with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Keep going. That is why the earthly tent and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. Mm -hmm. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. We go ahead and first. For Christ has entered into heaven itself. To appear now before God as our advocate. He did not go into the earthly place of worship, 
but that was merely a copy of the real temple in heaven. Yeah. Nor did he enter the heaven, enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the earthly priest who enters the most holy place year after year to offer the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, he would have had to die again and again mm -hmm. ever since the world began. But no, he came once for all time at the end of the age to remove the power of sin forever by his sacrificial death for us. Amen. Okay, so this is this is what I, I want to get to. Verse 22, therefore it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things with better sacrifices than these. Did you ever ask the question, why does something in heaven have to get cleansed? God's holy. Do you remember Zechariah chapter 3? When he's standing there, who was standing to his right? Satan. Okay. Jesus. This has to be revelation to you guys. God didn't just say put the blood here. He said put the blood here. That's a standing place. You know what he's cleansing? You know why? Because God wants you standing here. Hearing. With no accusation. Mm -hmm. Okay? You have blood here. In, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it says that you have come to sprinkled blood which speaks better than that of Abel. Mm -hmm. You know what the blood is saying? Clean. Mm -hmm. Clean. 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 Yeah, but God, I'm not clean. Clean. Yeah, yeah but I blew it. Clean. Clean. Yeah. Clean. Yeah. You know why? In Galatians 3.27, it says, All of us who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You're in a robe of righteousness. Okay? Which is, in, in I, I know I'm jumping all over the place. Revelation 19. The bride has made herself ready and it was given to her to clothe herself in white linen. For the white linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. Mm -hmm. The righteousnesses of the saints is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because it says in 1 Corinthians that Jesus is our righteousness. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. yeah, but I blew it. You're clothed here. Yeah. The blood of Jesus always says clean. If you picture yourself, if you believe you're thus You're not going to come here and hear clearly because all you're going to hear is condemnation. Okay? And he's not condemning you. He doesn't recognize you in Adam anymore. He sees Jesus. He, God's not being blind. Okay? He's not being blind to your sin. You have to look at the cross and go, that's where my sin is. That's right. And it was just. That's right. And there's no veil here anymore. The, the reason... That had to be torn apart because he didn't want people going after the copy anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm chasing a rabbit here, but there's no mention of the Ark of the Covenant in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Okay? Nobody knows where it went because Jesus is the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. Okay? And the cherubim are sitting at the ends of, of his feet, you know, where he was laid, where he was in the, in the tomb. Yeah. That's the, like, print. But what are the cherubim in heaven seeing now? Holy, 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 holy,
they're not there. The, the angels are not there to protect you from the way to the tree of life anymore. They're not in the Garden of Eden keeping you from the tree of life. There's blood. Okay? You have entrance into the Holy of Holies. Hebrews chapter 10 says, through the blood of Jesus. Okay? It doesn't matter if you blow it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He literally took it away from you. There has to be a place where we recognize our identity as going unrighteous. Lord, I blew this, but this is not my identity. Lord, I thank you that your blood cleanses me. And when you take hold of Jesus as your high priest, he's the author and finisher of faith. Not of your faith, of faith. He's the author and finisher of faith. He's our high priest. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. When you make your confession going, Lord... I was like this toward my wife, and I, I thank you that your blood cleanses me. This is not who I am. I thank you for transformation, Lord Jesus, that I'm not like this anymore. Lord, I thank you for removing anger from me, because that's not who I am. I'm a new creation in Christ. I get to stand here with no devil standing beside me accusing me. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, he wants us entering here without the realization, here's what's amazing. In the tabernacle, thank you, David. In the tabernacle, the veil is not black. The veil has the face of a lion and a bull and a man and an eagle. Those are all aspects of the gospel. The the gospel of Matthew presents Jesus as the king, that's the lion. The gospel of Mark presents Jesus as a servant, that's that's the cow or the oxen, okay? The face of a man is the gospel of Luke. It's, it, it's Jesus' total dependency. I love how you talk about all of Jesus' prayers as a man in the gospel of Luke. In, in the gospel of John, it talks about Jesus even being in heaven. In, in John chapter 3, he's the heavenly man. That's the eagle, okay? That veil is his flesh. We get to go through his flesh. This is not over us anymore. And it's also not before us anymore. We have a right standing without an accuser because Satan hates the blood. Okay? So there's a place even in our weakness, but in our weakness we don't forget faith because Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. He's the author and finisher. So that's the one thing that would get me about me. I'm like, God... I get started, but I'm not a good finisher. And he kept showing me, but I'm your finisher. I'm your finisher. I'm your finisher. And the more I saw that, the more I saw him working, finishing through me. And there's a place of seeing who Jesus is for us where we enter and we esteem his voice so that when his voice comes in the sound of the garden, we're not hiding anymore. But we're like the John 3, 8, that everyone who's born of the Spirit, the wind blows where it wishes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. God's going to lead you all over the place in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. and people won't be able to follow you because you're going to be like the wind. They don't know where you come from or where you go. Amen. Okay? And and there's a new identity in us. That's You know, when God starts what looks like he's playing chess with his people all over the place. They're just being led by his spirit. Mm-hmm. But they're, the whole issue of obedience, um, <coughs> the, 
people read obey in the scriptures, especially out of Jesus' words, they hear the law with it oftentimes. And when you hear law, your flesh rises up to resist it. Because the strength of sin is the law. But if you don't hear it as the law, you're hearing, God, I esteem your voice. I esteem the voice yes. of Jesus. Yes. Your obedience is because you love his voice. Yes. I just love your voice. And every time you, be, you keep being led by his voice yes. and not run from it, his voice keeps leading you. Okay? It goes back to submission. Because when you submit under love. That's what it is. Love is submission. And real love, I, I was truly loved by my father, my natural father. And it made me constantly want to come up under that love and obey whatever he asked me to do. Exactly how he asked me to do it. Because under that love, there was such protection. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was always going to be safe. It's the same thing. God puts a heart through his love in us to come up under mm -hmm. um, that place. So the discipline of the Lord doesn't chase us away. It, it right. brings us into his love. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my... Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit was adamant on the whole issue of, I want my people drawn here to here. Yes. Without condemnation. Yes. Because Satan, the one thing he hates is the blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's not there to accuse you anymore. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even when we blow it. That's what believers need to see, is that he, Jesus didn't just forgive us of our sin and let sin live in us. Mm -hmm. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because it was judged. And when believers go, okay, Lord, that's not my identity anymore, that's where freedom sets in because they start believing their real identity because we keep coming to God and he keeps changing us. The more I see Jesus, the more I see who God is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's like, God, you're not this big ogre of the Old Testament ready to judge. He had to judge them because they set themselves under the law. Mm -hmm. They were obligated to keep the law. Mm -hmm. When he presented it to them, they said, we can do this. Okay, you're no longer, look at, when they left Egypt and they complained all the way to Sinai, do you know how many people died? Nobody died. Because there was no law. They weren't under the law. Mm -hmm. There are no deaths from Egypt all through their complaining to Sinai. The moment they get the law, they complain, they die. They complain, they die. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. they, they literally moved out from under the Abrahamic covenant of grace mm -hmm. and set themselves under law. And now God had to judge them according to the law. Yes, you do find the mercy of God. People see all these judgments. But if you actually do the real timeline, you're going, this is 1,500 years that we're looking at of judgment. Yeah. And when we look at Jesus, the most severe judgment is the cross. More than all the judgments in the Old Testament. But Jesus is bearing it away because God's heart is to get everybody, not just the priesthood. Here's the other thing that I just realized this week. In the Old Covenant, there was never the blood of a lamb on him. Only the blood of bulls and goats. And you know why goats, the one thing goats don't do, do, do that sheep do, 
goats go their own way. Sheep follow. Mm. And it's the, re it's the rebellion that he's bringing here. But in the new covenant, it's not the blood of bulls and goats. It's the blood <coughs> of the lamb that God mm. presented. Anyway. So that veil and that veil are gone. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. It's, here's the other thing. This is me personally. I don't believe we have to pray for an open heaven. Mm -hmm. Rodney Howard Brown said one time, the heavens were ripped when Jesus died and it was proven at Camp Pentecost and there's never another scripture that says they were closed. Mm -hmm. You always have an open heaven mm -hmm. wherever you are. Mm -hmm. There are people in the Middle East who need to know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Including believers. They think they have to pray for an open heaven. Mm -hmm. And if you take them to when Jesus died and show them they have an open heaven, they'll believe for more. However, sometimes you have to pray to pray. And sometimes your praying is more about convincing your own mind yes. the truth of what God has said yes. so your heart can actually engage in prayer. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pray to be able to pray. Um, and it's not always it's not always an unbelief that heaven isn't open. It's a shifting of natural mindset to agree with heaven. Um, that was so good, Mark. I want to share two things, and then we need to pray and dismiss real quick. Art, right? Are you yes. good? Okay. <clears throat> two things. I saw this in my my spirit because I, I, I want to demonstrate it because I want you to walk away with this image. So what Holly was trying to communicate when he was saying the Ark of the Covenant has two cherubim, and that's what Mary saw when she went into the tomb. There were two angels at the end of where Jesus should have been laying mm -hmm. um, because he became the Ark of the Covenant. But I saw something in my spirit. Bethany, you sit right there. Melaine, will you, will you help me? Will you help me? Okay, you sit right here. Melaine, I want you to get on your knees and go like this over Bethany, oh, like oh, this on either side. Come over here, do the same thing. <laughs> okay, Jesus says, the Word of God says, we're seated with him. In heavenly places. He has become the Ark of the Covenant. And when we're seated with him, we're not standing presenting our case before God. It's already been presented. Where they stood in the accuser of the brethren, <coughs> accused, we're no longer there. We're seated right here. Wow. Now I'm going to quote something. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he'll remain fixed and stabled under the shadow of the Almighty. Under his wings. These wings are the wings of the cherubim. And they're covering you. What are these wings? What does the cherubim represent? They have four faces. The four faces all represent Jesus. So it's Jesus on this side. It's Jesus on this side. It's Jesus in the middle. And a little bit of Jesus on the floor. This is where we live from. Hidden in him inaccessible this is where we live from thanks girls i just wanted to point out that picture and then um there was one other thing mark it was so good when he was holding the legos this is what i saw i want to show you these last two things because i feel like it's the lord and we'll pray when he was holding the legos you know uh we talk a lot about confessing the word over your life 
and I was thinking uh, when he was holding the Legos and likening it to Logos, I was thinking um, building a wall by what you're saying about God's word. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, but I was thinking, thou, O Lord, art a shield. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. About me. Okay. You're a shield. That's so good. you're bringing revelation. The word for garden is gan in Hebrew. Okay? <clears throat> Adam had a responsibility. The word gan literally has to do with enclosure. Okay? Abraham, Adam did not take his responsibility to take a hold of that snake and throw it off the tree and stomp on it. Mm. He was required to protect that, okay? The way I saw this, he said I was afraid. He shouldn't have been afraid of that. Mm. Genesis 15:1. Altira Avram, don't be afraid of Abraham. Anoki Magen Lak. The word Magen is a shield. Magen comes from the word Gan. He said, I'm a shield to you. What she just said about the word, it's a shield to us. The last Adam is protecting us because the first Adam didn't. Okay, as to his propitiation, Jesus being the mercy seat, that is actually um, Romans chapter 3, verse 25, 26, God displayed Jesus publicly as a propitiation. The word propitiation means both the mercy seat and the mercy seat offering. In the old covenant, wherever they carried this, they never saw it. Mm -hmm. Not ever. When they crossed the Jordan River, that was covered. The priests who carried it didn't even get to see it. Okay, Only the high priest once a year got to see it. But when God displayed Jesus publicly, he displayed the actual mercy seat and mercy seat offering. Everybody was watching with the Jewish people were never allowed to see. They died for looking at it. Do you remember? So and then one last thing I wanted to say that God highlighted and then we'll We'll pray and take communion. Um, but I've never seen this before. Maybe y'all have seen this before. But when he was talking about in the garden, it says, uh, when the serpent came to Eve and talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, so when the woman saw the tree was good for food, uh, she had, they'd never even looked at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm -hmm. until Satan brought it mm -hmm. to their attention. Mm -hmm. They never even looked at it. Mm -hmm. And it was him turning her attention. Mm -hmm. And I heard the scripture in Proverbs, attend to my word, mm -hmm. incline your heart to mm -hmm. my sayings, for those life to those who find them, and healing and healthy, mm -hmm. that attention is the birthplace of desire. And Satan isn't going for other things in your life. He's going for your attention. Mm -hmm. yeah. If he can turn your attention mm -hmm. to something against what God has said, then he's got you. Because the moment he turned her attention, they had never even looked at it. Wow. God said, don't do it. So they didn't even look at it. They'd never examined this tree. Mm -hmm. But it was him drawing attention that made her look to see. And I just felt really strongly that we needed to encourage one another 
that attention is the birthplace of desire in your heart. Where you let your eyes go, where you let your heart go, your, your, your eyes will go, your heart will go where your eyes go. Your attention needs to be intentional. Yeah, that's good. And not just, there is no such thing as vegging out. You were created in a way where you function. That's good. And whatever you're doing, it has consequences, yes. good or bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 